Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Well, thank you so much for staying with us. This is the Deal Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Delighted that our first guest has joined us, Robbie Codgerton, who is a high altitude adventurer, an inspirational speaker and a published author, as well as a business owner. So he has just written Mind Over Mountain, a mental and physical climb to the top. Robbie, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. It's great to be on your show. Wow, Robbie, you know, looking at your book, reading your book, I kind of put myself in your place and a lot of anxious feelings came up in me um, thinking about the ordeal um, that you had to face and what you have overcome, because that's really what this book is all about. Um, so let's get started, because I know that you've always been a high altitude adventurer. Um, you were very big into your scouts. You're very active. You like climbing. You like pushing the boundaries. Um, but then in all the way back in 2006, you were involved in an unfortunate accident, a very strange accident. Perhaps you can expand. Well, um, yeah, no, strange is, is right. Um, accident, I'm not too sure. But um, I was climbing at the <laughs> indoor climbing gym. It, uh, it was called Old Mutual Hall. I'm not sure if it still is. Uh, but we were climbing. There was an indoor climbing facility. And I can't even say I fell because I, I jumped. I was maybe two or three meters off the ground and there was a safety mat underneath me. Um, that part of the climbing wall is called the bouldering wall, where it's more about technique and, and just and not about going up, but um, just sort of strength training. I wasn't roped up and I turned at the, it was the end of the night. I saw my friends were packing up. So I was, as I said, about three meters off the ground and I just turned to jump and land on the mat, just like I'd done a thousand times when I was a kid, you know, when you jumped off the cupboard onto the bed. Yeah. Same scenario, except this time there was a tear in the cover, uh, that nylon fabric that the, the the mats are made of. There was a split in it, obviously, from being carried incorrectly. And my feet went down between two blocks of foam and uh, stopped when they hit the floor. And all of my body weight came down on top of that. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, to create a, a picture for the listeners, if you can imagine um, trying to, to make a ball, if you roll yourself into a little ball and – yeah, land yourself on your feet from three meters up. So my toes would, were pushed together and then backwards that my heels actually touched my calf muscles. Oh, my goodness. That, that's what did the damage. Yeah, it, it oh. was a, a messy ordeal. Oh, Robbie, yeah. so here you've got these these broken ankles. And I said, I became anxious just thinking about it because the thought of one moment being active and then the next moment you've got these broken ankles and ostensibly, you know, you have to be helped. You have to be assisted. You are not independent. I mean, these are all, you know, things going through my mind. What kind of impact did this have besides the physical? I know you had to have lots of operations and that in itself was a huge mountain to climb. But in terms of getting your mind right, maybe you can just tell us a little bit more about the experience you had with that. Absolutely. Well, within 45 minutes, my life would change from hitting the mat to being raced to the emergency room. And um, yeah, from there, the first assessment, the first x-rays showed that nothing was ever going to be the same again mm. and you know you, you get dealt a, a handful of cards you didn't ask for I was on yeah. the way to to an amazing life that I had planned out in front of me you know as every 28 year old does and um, yeah just one silly mistake like that changed absolutely everything um, moving back in with mom was uh, well 
I had no other choice. Uh, I was, yeah, went from being a freelance, self-employed art director, copywriter to having to be bathed by my mom and um, peeing in a pee bottle because the wheelchair didn't make it into the, the tiny little bathroom in my mom's place. Uh, everything started to fall apart. When you're self-employed, you can't exactly go and visit your clients in a wheelchair. Yeah. This was the days of dial-up. Um, and uh, yeah, working from home was not an option. So the bills kept coming, but the income dried up. And as you speak about anxiety, that would start to trigger one thing after the next. And before I knew it, I was taking more painkillers than I was getting hours of sleep at night. And the anxiety was building. I mean, I was supposed to be getting married um, in the February after the accident. And yeah, it all, all sort of came down. What's the opposite of a crescendo? It all sort of unwound to rock bottom, which happened to be on the 3rd of November of that year. Um, I was four surgeries in. I was still unable to rehabilitate debt to my eyeballs. And the life I'd always wanted for myself was now gone. And yeah, it would, it would end with a fight happening with my fiance at the time and her parents. And they would leave and I would never see her again. And that was the night I decided to, you know, stare down a handful of painkillers. And yeah, that was rock bottom. And luckily there weren't enough tablets in the bottle because I had done enough research to know what would kill me. And if I wasn't going to do a, a correct job of it, uh, I wasn't going to do it at all because I didn't want to leave a vegetable on a hot lung machine. Yeah. Um, it sounds horrible, but that was the only thought in my head. Mm, and uh, yeah, it was when I realized I had absolutely nothing that um, the, the, the learning was no matter what life took away from me, it didn't take away my ability to choose. I didn't ask for this, but I, I got to, to decide how I was going to handle this. And that became the, became the journey uh, to uh, make my way out. And, and it sounds very weird, but I had no reason to live. The fiance was gone. The business wasn't worth talking about. Uh, you know, friends had gotten distance, seeing I was no more fun. I was depressed mm -hmm. all the time. And uh, yeah, I, I then decided if you don't have a reason to live, invent one. So I picked up my teenage uh, dream of wanting to climb Mount Everest. And I made that the goal. Wow. And every single day, it, that yeah. became my reason to get out of bed. Put on mm. fresh clothes and brush your teeth mm. because, you know, then you can go to physio. And if you go to physio, you can get ready for the next surgery. And that'll put you back on your back for a few weeks. But then you can start going back to surgery and and build up to a point where I graduated to crutches. And then I was able to leave the crutches and just walk funny. But each day it was just that decision. Get out of bed and be a little bit better and stronger and tougher than you were yesterday. Mm. You know, Robbie, I mean, it's in what it, I mean, it takes tremendous strength, um, tremendous resilience to, to keep moving forward. I mean, you're talking about Mount Everest is your goal. Um, you've shattered your ankles. They'll never be the same. You can't walk. Um, and yet this is the big goal. This is what's uh, getting you out of bed. I like to make it really real for our listeners, for people who have hit rock bottom, whatever their circumstances are. You had this very, very low point and you said that you turned it around. You've got to have something to live for. So speak to that, Robbie. Is that a, once you've made the decision, is it a big leap forward and you start feeling better? Is it that you have good days and bad days you've got to push through? Maybe you can just speak to how you manage day by day to get through that, that difficulty. 
Okay, absolutely. Um, it, it's not something you can do on your own. So step one, ask for help. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough to have the right people around me. And it all boils down to having the courage to ask for help and the humility to accept the help. You know, I was unable to climb up one step in my wheelchair. I needed help to get up one step, a pavement, a tiny little step that now, you know, um, we don't even think about it twice. We do hundreds of them in our, our daily lives. Um, asking for help and, and whether it's counseling or, or ask a professional or somebody who's been through something similar, speak to them. Just put it out in the open and give yourself a reason on the other end. What are you fighting for? There has to be a, a why and uh, the how starts to fall into place. Will there be bad days? Absolutely. In fact, I think there'll be more bad days than there are good days in the beginning. But um, celebrate the little successes. And um, if you have a bad day, you're not going to go all the way back to ground zero. You're going back one day. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, tomorrow is going to be a better day and you get to decide that. You can mm -hmm. decide that today's the day that I'm going to make an improvement. And uh yeah, it's like eating an elephant. When my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, I was 15 years old. And um, she she was the one who taught me to eat elephants. And it's take one bite at a time, never, ever stop chewing, and expect to have hiccups from now and, now and again. So, you know, as yeah. long as you just keep at it, uh, as long as you don't sit down and give up, if you move forward a centimeter or you move forward a mile, it's moving forward. And uh, yeah, give yourself a little bit of credit and yeah. rest when you need to and recover properly first. Mm, beautiful, Robbie. Thank you for that. And I love that. So it's step by step, one bite after the other, chew. There will be hiccups along the way, um, but continue to move forward. Don't stand still. So you continue to move forward so much so that you summited Everest. I mean, how long, I mean, this is just unbelievable. I, I, you could hardly move your ankles. You, you, you summited Mount Everest. How long after your, your jump, um, your leap, your mistake, um, did, did that happen? Did you actually, um, summit Mount Everest? So I started counting after everything had hit bottom, rock bottom, and I decided to make Everest the goal. That became day one. And that's an important thing as well. If you're starting to get out of here, you need a day one and make yeah. it day one today if you have to, or if you need to wait till Monday, but I don't recommend it. You need your day one because for me, day 873, I got on an airplane to Kathmandu and day 928, I stood on the summit of Mount Everest. No, that's incredible. I mean, that is so incredible, is Robbie. Well, wow. thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, wow. And it it became a, a mentality and not just an event, because if I had uh, given up after climbing Everest, I would have been 31 with nothing left to do for the next 95 years of my life. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you've just got to keep putting the next challenge in front of you. And I was quite lucky. The best way to get something done is when somebody tells you it's impossible for you. And I um, heard my doctor speaking to my mother after my eighth surgery. And he was the guy who said, you'll never climb again and you'll never run. So two years after Everest, I um, decided I'd tick the climbing box. So I decided to do the Ironman, which is uh, a long swim, a very long bicycle, <laughs> and finishes with a marathon. And I finished. I didn't finish first. The prize money was long gone, but um, I did it. 
And it's all about proving yourself wrong and others, but it's more, more um, rewarding to prove yourself wrong. Oh, awesome, Robbie. Listen, I'm going to read out some, some stuff for our listeners as well, because so you've, you've completed the Ironman. You've climbed Kilimanjaro nine times. You've scaled five <laughs> of the seven summits. Um, so that means you've set on, set foot on six of the seven continents. You have swum in the Amazon. Um, you've descended the deepest mine on earth. Uh, oh, the Iron Man finish line. And, and as you say, still nowhere near done. And, and Robbie, you are, as you say, just hearing the doctor tell your mother that and you've, your inner voice said, no, I'll show him. I'll show myself. I'll continue. So the, the, the question that I have for you is with Mount Everest, with, you know, summiting these mountains, there's so much out of your control. So you can train, you can do everything. And I suppose the higher the, you get, the less control you have, and even over your own physical body. Did your, the obstacle of overcoming the ankles, the um, hitting rock bottom, being completely out of control, did that equip you to be in the position climbing Mount Everest where you had so little control? Uh, absolutely. There is a point where you kind of resign yourself to the fact that you can do as much as possible. You can do everything in your power and you still need a little bit of luck. Uh, yeah. With regards to Everest, we decided to go with the probably the best Everest operator at the time on the mountain, Russell Bryce with Himex Expeditions. We figured we had one shot at this. And so you go with the best to to increase your chances as far as possible. Um, I knew that it was going to be hard. I had no idea how far I would get, but I took it one day at a time. Uh, there was a point when I got to camp three. Three is the camp just before four, which is where you launched the, the summit bid from. And I got there and I was absolutely shattered. I, I, I said to myself, well, well done. You've reached 7,500 meters above sea level. You're sore, you're tired, but is this the obstacle that's going to turn you around? And I gave myself a little bit of, what's the right word? I, I, you know, a little bit of slack. And I said, spend the night, sleep well, have something to eat. And tomorrow you can carry on. Don't decide now. Don't decide when you're in a bad mood, if you're going to give up or not. Um, and the next morning I felt up for it, but it, it was a long slog into to camp four. But um, it, yeah, patience. I learned patience. When you sit in a wheelchair for an 11 and a half months, um, you do learn a certain a certain degree of patience, which definitely, definitely helped me on the mountain. Mm. Yeah, I would rock well, up to most of the three hours after the average guy in, in the team. Just amazing, yeah. Robbie. And I, I really love that you've written it. You've put it all down in Mind Over Mountain, a mental and physical climb to the top. And I really want to encourage um, our listeners because this is such an inspiring book. And... Um, you know, you take us to your darkest points and you take us to your highest points. And and also that um, the proceeds from the sale of this book go to the Shaw Mind Foundation. And that's helping children and adults um, and families um, deal with mental issues and, and a lot to do with anxiety. Um, so are you very connected in your journey? Do you just want to just speak to that, Robbie? Uh, absolutely. If you, for those of you that will read the book, which is everyone, I know, um, <laughs> it, it, I do deal a lot with anxiety, depression, self-doubt, and, and part of the story even takes a turn 
where my father is diagnosed with colorectal cancer a year after my Everest summit. And um, that, that unearths an entire new can of worms for me to work through. And since then, I have been doing a lot of work with people who suffer with depression and anxiety. And, and it's all about, as I mentioned before, asking for help. One thing I did learn from Everest, I didn't have at the time, I didn't have the 800,000 rand it was going to take to, to climb the mountain. And all I could do was ask for help. And, uh, and I did. And out of everywhere, people came out of the woodwork. And yeah, I got the help I asked for. And it was a humbling experience to learn to accept that. Now, our next project that's happening in June next year is also involved with uh, people living with mental health issues, especially exacerbated by COVID and the, the, the world we live in at the moment. Depression and anxiety can be fatal if if not treated. Um, sorry, going back, I know I'm, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place, but my father was diagnosed with colorectal cancer, and four days later, because of fear and depression, he took his own life. And that, for me, was a, a very, very harsh thing to learn. And yeah. only by writing the book and, and going through all of the research and finding out more about him and his state of mind, uh, I realized that it was probably the bravest thing someone can do. To yeah. put yourself in a state of mind or to be stuck in a state of mind that you're willing to hurt yourself so badly that you die from the injury. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's something that needs to be taken very, very seriously. We as South Africans and especially male South Africans, we have this whole stigma that depression and anxiety equates to weakness or your damaged goods or, you know, just walk it off, you know, cowboy up, they say. But it's not that. And um, I want to encourage conversations for people to just say, hey, it's okay to not be okay. And yeah. uh, please help. Mm. Yeah. So many important messages on so many levels. I think that everyone will relate to this book, your story and the lessons learned. So Robbie, all the best. Um, I know that you're a speaker and that you, you speak to all of this as well. Um, and you continue, as you said, with your adventures. I presume people can get their hands on the books from all bookstores. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, especially exclusive and Reader's Warehouse, I know, are, are the most uh, popular stockists. But yeah, you can get them. And it's also available on Amazon as an ebook. Awesome. Yeah. Robbie, thank you so much. Hugely thank inspiring. You. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Humbled. And uh, what, what you've overcome so much and I'm sure inspired so many of our listeners. So thanks for joining us and all the best with the book. I'm sure thank it's going to do very well. Take Nikki, care. if I may. Yes. Um, our next adventure is to take on K2, the uh, most scary mountain on the planet, second highest in the world. But uh, please follow us on K2SA2022.co.za. And, K2SA2022. Uh, yes, Dr. Koza. Okay. And um, yeah, we're uh, doing it all under the name of Ask for Help. Amazing. So thank you. Oh. Just awesome, Robbie. Thank you so much. And we definitely will be following you and watching um, your progress. And hopefully you you summit uh, the, the mountain, that mountain too, yet another one. Robbie, take care and thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Nikki.